One would look in vain for an explanation of why Abraham was selected for God's purposes. The only answer we have is that by grace, God sought him out. God had a unique purpose for Abraham's life. He called him from a pagan culture to make a new nation, one that would follow God. This week, we're going to get into part three of our study that we started a few weeks ago called Prophecies of the Bible, and we're going to talk about God's covenant with Abraham. We'll get into that right after this. Welcome once again to Connecting the Gap. This is a weekly podcast. I'm Daniel Moore, your host. Go to my website, connectingthegap.net. You can read more about the ministry of Connecting the Gap. Also there, you'll see all of the podcasts that we have uploaded since the beginning when we started this whole adventure. And I've also got a YouTube version, a video version of this as well that is uploaded to YouTube. And on YouTube, there's a lot more other studies that's not actually in the podcast list. And then I also write a weekly blog. You can subscribe to any of those on your favorite platform. You can subscribe to the blog on the blog page. And all that you will get through that subscription is when a new podcast comes up or a new blog is put out there. You'll get notifications that those new ones are there, and you can go check those out weekly as they pop up. So thank you again for joining me. As I said, we are continuing our study on prophecies of the Bible. This is based on a study by Damon Duck, and we're going to go ahead and get into part three of this study as we are in the Pentateuch right at the moment. And this week, we're going to start talking about Abraham. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So if you have your Bibles or your phone app, Bible app, you can open that up. Go to Genesis 12, and we're going to read the first three verses here. It says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God's covenant with Abraham is also called the Abrahamic covenant. God said to Abraham, number one, get out of your country. And his country was the Ur of the Chaldeans. You can read about that in Genesis chapter 11, verse 31. He also told Abraham to go away from your family. He told him to go away from your father's house, and he also said to go to a land I will show you. Now, if Abraham was going to do these four things, if he would partake and do what God had asked him to do, God promised that he would do seven things. Now, some scholars break these promises down into the following categories. The first category is a national promise. The national promise God made to Abraham was, I will make you a great nation. The second category is personal promises. God told Abraham, I will bless you. Number two, I will make your name great, or in essence, make you famous. Number three, you shall be a blessing, or in other words, a benefit to others. The third category is world promises. God told Abraham if he did these things that he asked, that he would bless those who bless you, blesses him. He told Abraham that he would curse those who cursed him, 
And at that time, that would be the people and nations in the world who do evil to Abraham and his nation. And he also said that he would bless the whole world through him. That meant that the Messiah would be a descendant of Abraham. Now, from the very beginning of the world, God has dealt with his people through covenants. As you read through the Bible and you read through, especially through the Old Testament, you can see where a lot of these covenants were put into place. These covenants are sometimes called the driving force of Bible prophecy because they spell out the actions or agreements that God intends to follow through on in the future. Some are conditional. That means God will not fulfill his part unless the other party does what he's asked them to do. And some of these are unconditional. That means that God is going to do what he says even if the other party does not do anything. Since Abraham left his country, his friends, family, and his father's house, and since Abraham moved to the land God showed him, God now had an obligation to fulfill all those promises that he made in that covenant. They are literal and destined to be literally fulfilled. If those covenants were not fulfilled, then the Bible in essence would be wrong and God would have lied. There's a lot of conservative Christians that cannot accept either of those possibilities because we've seen that a lot of these things have taken place that God promised Abraham. Now, throughout the Bible, there are a bunch of different types of covenants that have been made, especially throughout the Old Testament. The first one is found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 to 30, and it continues in chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. That's the Edenic covenant with the Garden of Eden. The second one is the Adamic Covenant. That's Genesis chapter 3, 14 through 19. The third is the Noahic Covenant. That's Genesis 8, 20 through chapter 9, verse 17. Then there's the Abrahamic Covenant. That's in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3, and chapter 13, 14 through 15, and verse 17. Then there's the Mosaic Covenant in Exodus 20 through 23. The Davidic covenant takes place in 2 Samuel 7, 4-17, in Psalm 89, 3-4. The Palestinian covenant is in Deuteronomy 30, 1-10. And then the new covenant is Jeremiah 31, 31-40, and Hebrews 8, 6-13. Henry M. Morris was quoted, The nations that have befriended the Jews, notably the United States and to a lesser degree England, France, and others, have indeed been blessed. Those that have persecuted the Jews, such as Egypt, Babylon, Assyria, Rome, Spain, Nazi Germany, and others, and of course we know in the, in the future Russia's time is coming, they have eventually gone down to defeat and humiliation. So part of that Abrahamic covenant that the nations that blessed Abraham would be blessed, and those that would cursed Abraham would be cursed, that has actually taken place up to this date. And it's still taking place. Russell Penny was quoted, Abraham was truly blessed just as God had promised. As well, a great nation emerged from Abraham. And to that nation, God gave the promise of the land of Canaan. That's in Genesis chapter 12, 2. Through Abraham have also come blessings to all nations. In addition to giving us God's word, it was Abraham's descendant, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to atone or to pay for the sins of mankind. Abraham and Noah are both recognized in the New Testament for their great faith because they trusted in God when he asked them to do something unusual. Noah believed God when he said he was going to destroy the world with the flood, so Noah built an ark and was saved. 
Abraham believed God when he made all those promises, so he moved to Canaan and they started coming true. How should we respond to the prophecies of God? Well, the covenants reveal what God's plan to do in the future. By keeping his covenants, God gives us evidence of his existence and how he moves in history. First, he binds himself to do specific things. Then he views his covenants as promises he is obligated to keep because his honor and reputation are at stake. Finally, he fulfills them in every detail because he wants his people to know that he can be trusted. Prophecy is a record of promises made and promises kept. This covenant was made with Abraham, not the church. The church is a recipient of the spiritual blessings because God, by his grace, included the church in that covenant. As a party of the covenant, he can do that, but the church has not replaced Israel. The material blessings, the land, its size, etc., they belong to the nation only. God's blessings will fall on those who are kind to the Jews, and his curses will fall on those who mistreat them. Abraham left the place where he lived and went to the land of Canaan. He was 75 years old when he departed. Ten years after he arrived, a servant of his wife bore him a son named Ishmael. Fourteen years later, when Abraham was 100 years old, his wife Sarah bore him a son named Isaac. It is clear that God intended for his covenant with Abraham to pass through his son. Isaac's descendants would become the great nation of Israel, and they would be the instruments of blessings and cursings in the world. This prophecy is continuously being fulfilled through the existence of Israel. It was partially fulfilled at the first coming of Jesus, and it will be completely fulfilled after the millennium when Satan is cast into the lake of fire. As we move on to Genesis chapter 13, and we'll go to verses 14 through 17, it says, And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So in this passage of scripture here, the Lord appeared unto Abraham a second time. And on this occasion, God told Abraham that he would give the land of Canaan to him and his descendants forever. And that means until the earth is destroyed. God was saying, I will not give you and your descendants the land and expect to get it back at a later date. The land of Canaan is Israel's for as long as existence is here. God also told Abraham he would have a great number of descendants. They would number more than anyone could count. God gave the land to Israel, but there's a problem. Muslims do not believe Israel's God is God. They worship Allah and believe that he gave the land to them. This makes the land conflict a theological conflict. The question is, whose God is God or who worships the true God? The media and multitudes are lining up against Israel and at the same time setting themselves against God. It will take the tribulation period and the second coming of Christ to settle this issue. But make no mistake, the word of God says he will do just that. Israel has occupied the land several times, but because of sin, God has allowed them to be removed for temporary periods of time. So the land portion of this prophecy is continuously being fulfilled but it will not be fully realized until the millennium. 
the great number of descendants portion of the prophecy, that has already been fulfilled. Every descendant, every person that's ever been on the earth since Abraham was a descendant from him, and we know that that's a humongous number. There are so many people that you can even hardly count. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 18, it says, On the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. So here in this portion of scripture in Genesis 15, God appeared to Abraham a third time. On this occasion, he spelled out the boundaries of the land that he was giving to Abraham and his descendants. It covers an area that runs from the river of Egypt, which is a reference to the Nile River, to the river Euphrates. Some say this is more land than Israel has ever occupied. It includes all of modern Israel, all of the West Bank territories, part of Egypt, and part of Iraq. But more important, God made a covenant with Abraham. He bound himself to give the land of Canaan to Abraham and his descendants. Randall Price has been quoted saying, If we look at current maps of Israel, we will see that the nation comprises only a small portion of the area originally promised to the patriarchs for their future descendants. That was the twelve tribes of Israel as an everlasting possession. When Abraham received the title deed to God's promised land, the geographical boundaries were significantly greater than those occupied by the modern state. From the river of Egypt, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, later these boundaries were made even more specific to Moses in Numbers chapter 34, verses 2 through 12. Among different scholars, there are differences of opinion about whether or not Israel has ever possessed all the land God promised. But they are not divided about the fact that Israel will possess all of the promised land during the millennium. So this is designated unfulfilled with reservations. When God makes a covenant, he sets up a standard by which he can be measured. He exposes himself to being evaluated. That's going to wrap up this portion of the study for this week. And as we've gotten through some of this uh, Abrahamic covenant that God had made with Abraham, next week we're going to kind of get more into Israel and the God that Israel has as their God. And uh, we'll also be talking uh, about some more about Abraham and some more blessings and some more uh, trials and things that he went through that he passed with God as God was giving him these covenants and asking him to move forward in the walk that God wanted him to be in. So we will get back we'll get back into that here this next week and we'll wrap it up for today. Again go to my website connectingthegap.net and all of my podcasts are there. Also my blog that I do weekly. You can subscribe to any of those on your favorite platform. And once again, thank you guys for helping support this ministry and I pray that you'll be blessed by it and uh, please share And if it's on Facebook, Twitter, on your podcasting platforms and the blog, wherever they may be, uh, please share those out to people that you think would be blessed and could benefit from the material that we put out. And let's all learn about God and about his word together here on Connecting the Gap. As I leave today, don't forget that God's word never fails us. God's word has stood the test of time. And through Jesus' death on the cross, he has connected the gap. Thank you once again for being here this week, and we'll pick up this study next week right here on Connecting the Gap.